0: In our epistle, Saint Paul gives us three points. He speaks about the enemies of Christ and his cross, our true and everlasting citizenship, our conduct as those whose allegiance is to the Lord Jesus, and the end result of each. Let us therefore take up these matters, and by the bright radiance of his word have our hearts and minds illuminated as to their meaning For us O Lord sanctify us in your truth for your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit amen the Apostle speaks of those who are the enemies of Christ and his cross their God is their belly and they glory in their shame They do not bear the fruits of repentance, but instead of lives of self-gratification and sin, which make a mockery of Christ's atonement, and that which is shameful, which should be hidden away. These mockers revel in. At least Adam and Eve had the decency to try and cover themselves with fig leaves and hide their sin. But now, even as then, there are some who try to use the blood of Christ as a license to continue in sin and perversion. The thought goes, well, Jesus shed his blood and God forgives, so I'm okay. Or a similar thought, Christ has abolished the law. So all of those old commandments are no longer in force. That which is shameful is held up as wonderful, and that which is sin is held up as virtue. Woe unto those who call evil good and call good evil. And all of these things have in common the fact that those who walk in this way have their minds set on earthly things. I'm sure you've heard of the saying, you are what you eat. In a similar way, those who have their minds set on earthly things, the material goods, pleasures, and passions of this life, do not consider heavenly things. They do not have as their priority the cross of Christ, His body broken and bloodshed for the forgiveness of sins that mankind would live under Him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness. The first commandment tells us that we are to fear, love, and trust in God. And so, if someone has their mindset on earthly things if they put their fear, love, and trust in anything on this earth, whatever it may be, they have made that thing their God. And let's call it for what it is. It's idolatry. And Paul, he tells us about the enemies of Christ who despise both his law and his gospel. He tells us that their end is destruction on the great and terrible day of the lord sitting upon his judgment seat christ shall tell them depart from me you workers of wickedness for that which they desired in their life to live without god they shall receive an eternity and that which is their punishment For lawlessness they shall be given, suffering in the fires of perdition. For they did not listen to the Lord Jesus when he spoke. Do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. But lest you think yourself better than these. Let us look into the mirror of the law and examine our own acts of betrayal against the cross of Christ. God has given us, has given you, everything you need for this body and life. It is from our Father's gracious hand that we receive our daily bread and bless him, for it. But how often do you sweat and fret over your bank account, your stock value, the state of the economy, when Christ has told you that our Heavenly Father gives good things to those that ask of them? And in a land of prosperity such as ours, many take for granted food and drink house, and home? How often do you indulge your base instincts and do what gives pleasure and satisfaction now, regardless of the consequences, abusing your body with overindulgence until it is broken and no longer healthy? And all this while the poor suffer from starvation and want Repent. Do you take Christ's atonement, his bitter sufferings and passion, for granted? How often do you live with a sense of, it's okay, God forgives? What lies do you tell yourself to get you through the day, to justify your actions? When you consider your life according to to the entirety of God's law. What do you see? At the end of the day, what consoles and comforts your conscience, pricked by guilt, doubt, and shame? Repent. And what earthly things distract you from pressing onward towards the heavenly goal, salvation in Jesus Christ? What gifts from God has your heart fashioned into an idol that you would put your trust in them and not in He who made heaven and earth? Shall you be like Esau who sold his inheritance for a bowl of stew? Shall you trade heavenly and eternal good for that which is temporary and will surely pass away repent let these things let these things not be so among you beloved for although you falter and stumble in your walk you are not enemies of Christ Your sin does not define you. Your end is not destruction. For your citizenship is in heaven. Jesus Christ, the King of kings, who sits at the right hand of God, has given you citizenship in his kingdom. And that which disqualifies you has been paid for by the life, death, and resurrection of our gracious Lord his fasting from nourishment in the desert those 40 days. Indeed, his entire life without sin has swallowed up your overindulgence so that instead you may pray to your Father, give us this day our daily bread and that you would not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus, scorn not the shame of the cross, but put to death upon it all your sin and shame that he might win you to everlasting life. Your sin and shame are no longer covered with fig leaves and self-justification, but you are clothed completely with Christ's righteousness in baptism. And where you have set your mind on earthly things, our Redeemer set His face resolutely toward Jerusalem and Calvary's tree, that He might purchase for you a place in the mansions of the Heavenly Father. The Son of God has set you free from being slaves to earthly and perishable things so that instead you would become as the Apostle Peter tells us, a partaker of the divine nature. And this happens even now. Every time you partake of Holy Communion, you receive into your mouth the body and blood of He who is God and man, who comes in His blessed sacrament to give you forgiveness and a share in his unending life. And because you are citizens of an everlasting kingdom, we are urged to imitate Paul and to keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. Your heavenly citizenship begins here and now, dear Christian. It is a present reality although not a fully realized one yet. So then, what does it mean to imitate Paul and to walk according to the example we have set before us? First and chiefly, we are called to imitate Paul's faith through journeys, shipwrecks, riots, hunger and want, and finally, Even to death, Paul clung to Christ in his cross. Therefore, I say to you, cling to the gospel. Christ is for you. His forgiveness is for you. His life is yours. Keep your eyes upon Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith and just as our lord and king brought his apostle through all trials and tribulations finally into the glory of everlasting life so too shall he who began a good work in you bring it to completion no matter no matter what life throws at you and besides this then let us speak of the fruits that flow from faith in Jesus and in His work. We're reminded through the entirety of the New Testament of our Lord's command to love one another. We are also told in First Thessalonians that Christians are to aspire to live quietly, to mind your own affairs, to work with your hands, so that you may walk properly before outsiders. So, what does that mean? Live out your vocation. Whatever you do, do it unto the Lord Jesus. Go to work and earn your paycheck. Come home and take care of the family. Help your neighbor by fixing the fence and trimming the trees. Serve the poor and care for the needy. Come to church to receive God's gifts And seeing his praises, all of these things done in faith are good works, pleasing in the sight of your Father. You have been given such a great gift in Christ. Let your joy overflow in love that others may see your good deeds and give praise to your Father in heaven. And finally, We await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like His glorious body by the power that enables Him even to subject all things to Himself. Beloved citizen of heaven, endure and run the race that is set before you. Though the journey is long and we know not, the day or the hour. The time is surely coming soon. Our Lord Jesus Christ laid down his life and took it back up again, and he has promised us a body like his. Can you even imagine it? Can you? Think about the Easter stories about how Jesus just appeared before people and in different places all at the same time. The physics of it don't matter because the glorified body of the resurrection belongs to the age to come. Yours shall be a body that shines brighter than the stars in the sky. But most importantly, your body shall be like his perfect and without sin never to die again by the power that enables him to subject all things to himself our savior will raise and glorify your body you shall be without sin without suffering without shame and every foe which has tormented you sin death and the devil shall be subjected under Christ's feet, utterly overthrown and defeated, cast into outer darkness, where they shall trouble you no more. Your Redeemer lives, dear citizen of heaven, and in your flesh you shall live and see God. To you, have been made citizens of heaven, whose names are written in his hands, and in his blood your names are written into the book of life. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ is coming. Amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.